Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We have a lot of videos of the podcast and various other tutorials on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash YouTube. Happy mixing and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Luscious Lou. Back to the recall of this weekend. (laughs) Yes, we have just gotten back fresh from Nam. We're recording this episode um, literally the day after, well... No, two days after the last day of Nam. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have a Nam special episode that either already released or will be released. I don't know. We'll figure it out. You'll see the order that I, we decide to execute on. Um, but anyway, this episode should be pretty interesting for everybody. We have some practical tips. We went to a seminar. Seminar. I went to a seminar with Braden Flint, who's in charge of the exclusive content, which mm-hmm. you can find out about at mixingmusicpodcast.com. Get access to exclusive episodes. Uh, Braden and I went to a seminar at NAM by our good friend Brady. Brady uh, is the owner of Sonido Software, which we've had him on the show in the past. And he did a seminar about this, and I wanted to do my take on this because uh, I thought his the topic was interesting, so I kind of wanted to do it with me and Lou together. This topic, once again, is five tips for building clientele for your studio. Oh, yeah. And uh, just briefly here, Lou and I have started studios before. We started a studio here at In The Mix Studios. Um, I did, I started a studio and uh, maintained a studio for about five years in Utah. So I have experience building a studio in a non-music environment. And Lou um, started a studio here in L.A., uh, with some business partners in the studio in the music big music city, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Lou has more experience um, working at other big studios. I just had my studio, so I kind of came at it at a, from a more entrepreneurial perspective, and Lou came at it from like a kind of get the job done, make sure the studio is working kind of perspective, and a higher like a higher end uh, um, gear kind of situation. Is that fair to say? Is that a good description? Uh, yeah, I mean, I worked for myself. Before doing my own studio, and then um, even after that studio, I just worked for myself. Uh, so, no, so I'm saying yeah. that like, yeah, you had uh, you had access yeah. to SSL stuff, for example, oh, like for a, a console, long time, yeah. for like console stuff. Yeah. Where like for me, like uh, zero was zero, not in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. for me, it was like zero uh, zero education, just straight into just building a business, which is yeah. which is a uh, uh, very interesting. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about five different ways um, that we can build um, clientele for your studio. So I think that between the two of us, we have really really great knowledge of how to do that. And because you're in Connecticut. 
I think that this is this is a great episode, especially for you. Even if you're in LA or in New York um, or in Delaware, it doesn't. I keep using Delaware Ohio. as a joke or Ohio. It doesn't matter. Um, I think this episode is going to be super relevant because we do have. I th- I think some of these are going to be more important. Um, than uh, for people outside of the biz- big music scenes. Yeah. And then some of these are going to be especially great. And I don't know. So I think uh, we're going we're gonna to kind of get into it. Number one for me is uh, really easy. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, being present on websites and social. So having a website. If you don't have a website, uh, don't be a silly goose. Get a website. You're silly goose. And uh, also just being present on socials. Now, I'm not even talking about being active. I'm just talking about being present. So what I'm saying is if you don't have a website, I'm not, I don't think that everybody's going to hire you because they saw your website. Actually, I, I think that's the least likely part. Yeah. I, but I mean, it is, it is the idea of just being on there. Exactly. So it's just having a website, having a Facebook page having a Craigslist listing, yeah. having whatever, just being and opening, widening your net. Lou, what are some other websites that we and you have used to be just to, yeah, just to be available? So one of the ones that I've worked on most successfully on was uh, Sound Better. Uh, Sound Better for me was actually a pretty big one. And uh, funny enough, It can act as a website for you if you don't already have one because everybody can see your reviews. They can check your playlist and see what kind of sounds you have and this and that. You can write a little description about yourself. And the reviews actually show a timeline of last project with that client. Now, if you don't do a lot of work on SoundBetter, obviously there could be like a three-month lapse between projects and things of that nature. But here's the cool thing. They actually do help you find clients. They will actually push your profile. When a client actually goes to their website and says, I want somebody to make my music they will actually show you a long list of engineers that actually reference the categories that they set forth so if you say i want to have my song mixed they're like okay great what style of music is it what are your inspirations what kind of artists do you like and they will actually take that information and cross-reference all the service providers on the website and then reference those to the client then the client can actually ask up to five engineers at a time to send them a quote and then the artist can actually choose which quote they feel best about so part of it is that not only are you pitching yourself on that and showing your reviews and everything but they're actually helping you find new clients so if you're discover in the middle of you know um nowhere ohio i'm not saying ohio is nowhere but like i don't know in eagle rock nobody knows who eagle rock is in in la music city yeah you know but if you're somewhere where it's really hard to find people these kind of websites that actually actively do push your name um there's websites that claim that they will be in the future but they just currently aren't okay okay um, okay hold on with that said before you move on before you move on because we're starting to i want to be very I think we should preface something for the rest of the episode. Sure. Okay. The What we're talking about right now as well, and you're diving into, which is really smart, is uh, scalability by location. So now yeah. you're, you're changing your competitors from other studios in the local area to now anybody online. Yeah, which, which is actually, it, but there's a major pro if you're in the middle of nowhere. There's an extreme pro if you're yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah, of yeah, nowhere. Yeah. And uh, so what, what, I'm say, what I'm saying is though, for the rest of the episode, I think we should preface that most of these tips, we, we're going to keep it within like, uh, we are understanding that your studio is probably a location. Yeah. And unless you have, even if you have a mobile studio, you're not willing to drive to Texas if you live in New York every yeah. other weekend. You know what I'm saying? But so, let's say you just started the same tips for the non-localized engineers. Yeah, so help. Sound Better would be good for, it's okay for local, um, but it's also especially great for those that just like competing with everyone. If you're not Do you know why Sound Better is really good for people in Kansas? How come? Do you know the cost of living in Kansas? Because I don't, but I know it's way cheaper than L.A., which means my service cost in Kansas will be a lot cheaper than the service cost of those engineers in L.A., which means I can offer myself at a lower price point and still maintain my overhead. There you go. Which means I will beat out the competition on price alone nine times out of ten. Okay, so um, so going back to this, let's say we're bound by location because in this in this episode, I want to keep it that way for now. We may, we might dive into the other like scalability by location options a little bit later, but we're we're five options for a studio. Other platforms that that Lou and I have used um, the studio right now also uses PeerSpace, which is a bookable oh, yeah. bookable website for um, filming video crews. Mm-hmm. 
photography. We've had a few bookings on there. Um, Craigslist, Facebook, Marketplace. What else have we done? Um, you can go on Gearspace as well. I mean, I don't know how useful that is. But uh, um, there's a lot of different websites that you can continue to use and continue to show up on. Even just having a TikTok profile, even just having a Twitter, even just having Instagram. a website, even an Instagram, obviously, and uh, being on Yelp and making sure that you're in charge of your Yelp page. Don't don't they're gonna annoy you. They're gonna harass you. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna talk about um, maps in just a moment here. Like obviously being on Google Maps and Google Biz- uh, Business Manager. We're gonna talk about that in a moment because that's its own separate topic. Um, but these are all really great things. What you're doing here is all you're doing is just widening the net. That's the first step, I think. So that might also mean, um, yeah, so that's just that's just building presence and somehow finding ways that random people are going to find you. Oh, yeah. So number two, oh, that, this is also really, really important. I wanted to add to that. So not only are you just existing, but I think in all of these different um platforms, you should have a call to action. Like obviously yeah. if you're listing your studio on Craigslist, the call to action is book us, <laughs> book yeah. time. Now call us, email yeah. us, whatever your call to action is. It's important to have one. I've seen way too many websites where I'm looking at the website and it's like, got the portfolio, the services that we offer, everything. It looks really good, but I'm like, okay, what's the next step? Yeah. And there's like no button for booking a website or it's like at the very bottom and it's really small. Yeah. And people just kind of forget that. Uh, general rule of thumb for a website or just anything like this, any sort of social media, I can if I can take a step behind my computer, 10 feet away, click on your website, and from 10 feet away within five seconds, I can tell what you want me to do, then that's a good website. Like the call to action should be big front and the first thing that you see, it should be straightforward. You, I should know what you want me to do. Right, yeah. like book studio now should be like under every single so like playlist book studio now button, our engineers book studio now button, our services book studio now button. Like it should be like you should be harassing so you know they these clients know exactly what you want them to do. No, oh, yeah. So now, uh, you might want to make it tasteful because then there's times where you see it on a website and you're just like, wow. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I actually see... Well, that's true. Yeah, you should make it tasteful. But yeah. I see nine out of ten times the problem is I have no idea what your call to action is. Yeah. And it's not like... It's not obvious enough. Like, it should be if I'm stepped away, ten feet away from the computer, and I can't tell within five seconds what you want me to do, you're doing it wrong. Like, it, yeah. it needs to be super obvious. Like, a caveman can do it. Caveman can do it. Um, yes, that was a uh, degrading... Um, comment about cavemen. Fuck cavemen. No, I'm just kidding. That's that. Uh, what commercial <laughs> was that? So easy a caveman can do it. Is that Ga- Geico? I that don't was, know. I don't know. Something Progressive? Like Progre- some, one of the insurance companies. Anyway, uh, that was a joke. Okay, number two is uh, Google Maps. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about SEO as well. Now, this is a super, super basic one. And this is what we did with In The Mix. I don't know if you, did you do it with your previous one as much? I don't I know did. if it was like as public or open. Uh, I was did. Your but, previous uh, studio, was it an openly publicly available booking studio? Not really. It, it was, was like and for, it wasn't. It was more like it was publicly available for people who knew us. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't something that we were like, hey, um, you know, Me Fly Studios is open and available, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we never so it was really like, it was mostly like for the that. team. It was, uh, it was mostly for the team to make money, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so um, this is perfect. If, if this is your situation, then this is less important. In fact, it might be extremely unnecessary. So, for example, if, if uh, you are a label or you manage and you rent a studio for your artists to use, then obviously... Putting it on Google Maps is not a great idea Yeah, publicly putting your location on Google Maps is not important. Now, now, There's a lot of studios where like a a major artist will book there all the time and if your logo is in the background and their photos and all that, maybe not having your location there is a great idea because guess who's going to be looking for them? Their fans. Yeah, or uh, just making sure that that if the logos are there, just don't be an idiot and post while they're at the studio. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, if most most people listening right now, I'm I'm assuming are publicly open and available studio for booking whoever, even if it's Joe off the street. No, I'll, hey anyway. Joe. Anyway, uh, so Google Maps is fantastic. Not only do what was the statistic? Brady gave out a statistic that said like 48% of all Google search results are are uh, made from local 
businesses and services. It's like, so 48% of search results, so it's like uh, what favorite chi- Chinese food or something like that. Mm-hmm. 48% of all results are local businesses and services. So it's really, really important. And if you've seen the carousel, like um, on Google, if you type in uh, local recording studio near me, before there's the websites, mm-hmm. there's going to be on the right-hand side, the their, their first, the first, okay, whatever i'm making up a studio platinum recording studios whoever whoever's the highest ranked is going to have its own front page and you can't pay for that mm-hmm. that placement there like that is just because they're ranked number one um you can't do stuff like that if you don't have a google maps now here's some secrets to google maps as well it is absolutely important to collect as many five-star reviews as you possibly can that that probably makes one of the biggest effects on whether or not people uh, check out your listing not only does google rank you higher but anybody that does come to your page can see that you're a reliable source now the, do I even need to emphasize the important or even explain the importance of collecting reviews and why customers are looking at reviews to determine if a service is worth it or not? You know, do I, I'm not even going to go into that. I'm but, not going to lie. Like, even right now, I'm shopping for a 3D printer just to uh, see if I can learn how to use one. I'm looking for a cheap one, but I don't want a bad one. So what am I doing? I'm looking at all reviews. I'm looking at YouTube videos. I want to see what other people think because I have no clue. And if I have no clue, I'm relying on reviews. I'm entirely relying on reviews. And that's, yeah, and that's for the product, but as well as like, especially for like local services, if you want like dim sum, you're going to, you're going to yeah. go, I'm gonna go somewhere Yelp that or, has like a thousand reviews versus to a place that has 50. Yeah. Or what if it's a thousand two star reviews versus 55 star reviews? I'm going to go to the 55 stars. Well, yeah, yeah. I'd probably yeah. read the reviews. Too. Yeah. I'd, I'd look at the two stars and be like, damn, this dim sum tasted like poopy. Because cause what if what if also it's the four-star, three- or four-star restaurant on Google, mm-hmm. and all the comments are, this is the best food I've ever eaten, but the staff sucks. Oh, but it is what? the best food I've ever eaten. You know eaten. what? There's a spot in Hollywood called Tarung that that's exactly the case. My family has been going there for over 10 years, and we still have yet to find a better Thai food. But, but every time you walk like in, they're just star. like, hi, hello, puts the table down, done. They're gone. So, You're lucky if you see them again without food. <laughs> so you should read the reviews, right? We yeah. all read the reviews. That's the point here. Um, so when you're on Google, it's you should not be embarrassed to ask your clientele that you've had a good experience with to please leave a five-star review mm-hmm. on your Google Maps listing. Yeah, It is not embarrassing. You should. And in fact, we even automate... Um, the service. So we have a service where you book online and once it books, it's automatically sends out a confirmation email. And three days after the session has occurred, it sends out another email that says, did you enjoy your time? If you did, here's a direct link to your Google maps. Please leave a five-star booking. If you do, you will get 10% off your next session. Yep. So that is one of the ways that we do. And that Every single time, like when I was a 20, when I, when did I start my studio? Like a 22 year old punk that didn't know much. Um, people trusted me specifically because I asked friends and family, really close people that, that did know me and trusted me to some degree, um, to, to, uh, uh, leave five star reviews. Yeah. And that really translated really well. That's that's actually I think it's like one of the most underrated things. Even now at, in the mix, mm-hmm. like in our first year, that was a big source yeah. of our random clients. I mean, obviously Lou had clients, I had clients, we were bringing in people that we knew, but also like the people that we didn't know. It was mostly off of Google. We actually just got a, a call yesterday. We booked a session for Wednesday uh where a guy uh you know, he used to live in Canada. He came out to LA and he's looking for a studio. He's like, you know, I had an engineer over there, but you know, I'm looking to work with the studio here, this and that. I saw your hot, your happy hour. I just wanted to ask questions. I was like, "Oh, great. How'd you hear about us?" He's like, "Oh, Google." There you I go. was like, great. Dude, I can look online right now. I can look at our app and see how many people searched for directions to our business. How many people called us via the Google. You know, it's funny. Link. Proximity is a big factor for a lot of people. Proximity, like a lot of our clients actually live around the block. And that's actually kind of an important well, detail that, yeah, of why you sense. need to be on maps. Like, because most people are going to check the distance and be like, well, this studio is like really well reviewed and it's like $50 cheaper, but it's 20 minutes away in LA and 20 minutes in LA during traffic hour could be like 45 minutes away, an hour away, uh, no traffic, 20 minutes away. Sure. But most people that want to book studio time is usually within those traffic hours. Now that being said, I do not 
list my mixing services. DK Mixes is not on Maps. It's not oh, on Google Maps. Oh, same here. Uh, mixing, mastering, not on Maps. Yeah, okay, I think, look. I think my I, I can office see it. might be. 6,297 views on Google within the last 30 days alone. Damn. 6,297 people saw that our ex- business exists all because we did the work of the 30 minutes it takes to post some pictures um, to do some stuff. There's other things that you can do here too. Like I won't go into detail, but it's important to like offer some, some, uh, putting some photos in, taking the time for some bio, doing some updates from time to time. Um, even doing some coupons, uh, having a bookable website, um, being available, uh, for contacts. Yeah. So like if you, if you create a profile on peer space, that'll be like a make an appointment. That'll be on the, the main Mm -hmm. space. So it's just really important. And then also SEO, uh, making your stuff bogo SEO, search engine optimization. I'm sure that everybody here is smart enough that has heard about it in one way or another. Um, but basically the difference between typing things up and making content for humans and then also making content for machines. So like uh, we want those keywords, just look up SEO and how to best optimize your website, but as well as uh, uh, for your Google listing as well. One of the reasons why we did in the mix was because there was uh there were some competitors with the word mix in the name, but we also wanted to be a mix mixing studios. studio. <laughs> wanted to be, we wanted to be a uh, uh, a mixing studio as well. So it was kind of like for yeah. clientele as well. People want to get in the mix with us. Yeah, so people might be be searching like mixing studios versus like recording studios, and both of those we would hit, and that's important as well. Okay, we won't go into SEO. I could go forever on that. My Launchpod Media is uh, my marketing company that I own for. Um, is a part owner of is uh is all about SEO and that's how we've kind of built a lot of success. The success of this podcast, the reason why we do so damn well, mm-hmm. is specifically because of SEO, and so SEO is actually fantastic. Okay, number three, um, this is an obvious one. Lou, do you want to tell the story about um, what you what we said, what we agreed when we first met hmm, about, about what's important in business? Yeah, yeah. So essentially. Me and DK, um, we didn't really know each other very well. In fact, every time we go to NAM, it's like our anniversary. Um, it's kind of a, a cute little thing. We met at NAM, and um, it was just you know us talking to each other and just kind of being simple people, right? We then later on met up and talked about getting um, studios in LA. DK was planning on moving to LA. Uh, the pandemic had just hit, and I just wanted to get back into working in a studio because I just didn't like the ethic of working from home. Uh, not that the ethics are bad. It's just that you you also have to hold responsibility over yourself of like, well, my bed's right there. And unfortunately, my will is not strong enough. Um, so when we started getting the idea of like, you know, if we're both looking for a space, why don't we get a space together? And, you know, at a certain point in the conversation, DK asked me, he's like, what do you think the most important thing in building a company is? And uh, more specifically towards studios, of course. And I told him community because without it, you know, unfortunately, we're not in business. And that's kind of the same thing I even told the client the other day on the phone when he called in asking about us. Um, Because I told him, like, hey, if you run into any issues, have any questions, you know, let me know. Like, we wouldn't be in business if it wasn't for our community. And that's why we're here to make sure that everything goes smooth and right. Yeah, absolutely. So community is a big deal to both Lou and I. It's kind of how we continue to differentiate ourselves with this studio and with our previous studios as well. Now, community is especially important if you are, I mean, if you are a lo- like a location-based studio, right? You're not just a yeah. mixed engineer yeah. that can just offer your services online, but if you have a location, um, supporting this- and working with your local community is so, so valuable. Yeah. Now, I want to talk a little bit about how you can do that and what ways you can do that. Now, yeah. obviously, you can go to your local universities, go to your local schools if you if you can. Sponsor some small, even some things like sponsoring some local um, open mic nights or Battle of the Bands is a great mm-hmm. way. Going to local events, hosting seminars and workshops, let's yep. say vocal production workshop, that's a great thing to do there. Um, or uh, your buddy plays guitar really well and you want him to teach a songwriting class, yeah. right? And inviting him, hosting a songwriting class where your buddy does the th- work and you just set up the the location if you if you yeah. have the space to do that. Because if you notice, like the revolving issue around not doing these things is how does a space affect the community? Like opening a studio does not affect the community at all unless the studio itself tries to engage with the community, whether that be a community of engineers, a community of artists, producers. Um, 
a great thing that we've done is our master classes. Like we have our upcoming Irko one, uh, Kanye's engineer for uh, Donda. He did all the mixing and all that. And Donda 2, I believe, as well, right? Yes. Um, you know, our space doesn't offer anything if it doesn't actively try to engage with the community. And one of the ways that people are always trying to engage with each other is by learning from each other. So doing these kind of things, like DK said, like reaching out to the universities too and just letting them know like, hey, we have these events. We have live streams of them. If you haven't heard about it, it's absolutely free to join our live stream. You should check it out. You know, we have Kanye's engineer. He's going to be doing a four-hour masterclass here in LA. If you can't afford to go to the event, that's totally cool. We have a free option for you. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to, sometimes you might be lucky where it's like if you host an event or something, or even if you host an open mic night at the studio, which was one of the big things that I used to do in, yeah. in Utah. Um, some of those people may book your studio. The people that come and perform may book your studio. But more importantly, you know who booked my studio more often was friends of those people that came. Because yeah. now those people that came um, had a very great image of the studio. The mm -hmm. PR was fantastic. And so people were like, I even got voted number one best recording studio in Utah for like a small little voting thing. And I guarantee there's way bigger studios with way more gear that have way more experience than I did. But I think the reason why I was voted is because I was so deeply tied to the community. I mean, mm -hmm. the reason why I was able to make a living from being a, uh, an arrogant, I thought I knew it all punk. Mm -hmm. I was like 22. To, this is like when I was 22 to 25, you know, yeah. like, like the reason why I was had any success at that age at all was because um, as much as I was arrogant, I, I was open to allowing people to use the space and be a, a deep integral part of the community, letting mm -hmm. people come to have a cathartic uh, experience, a creative experience there. So um, that's super duper important. There are so many other ways that you can brainstorm to work with your local community, even if it is just online. Like there's local music scene type Facebook pages. Yeah. Um, there might be a local music scene or local college audio um uh, like most co local universities have like a discord channel for their audio club yeah. or, you know, whatever it is or um, whatever it is. However you get involved, even if it's online, please do make the effort of just being front of mind for a lot of these people and business will come. It's, it's just one of those things and be available. Now, number two, number four, sorry. So number one has been website and socials just being available and mm -hmm. having a call to action. Number two is Google Maps and the importance of that. Number three is local community. Number four ties all those first four things together. And uh, maybe we should even make it number five, but I'm just going to, because I listed number four and I didn't think this through. But number four ties everything together, including number five, which is over-delivering. Oh, yeah. Over-delivering is the most important thing. There's no point on getting any clients if you can't over-deliver. Yeah. If you get one person that gives you a chance because someone said something nice about you or they found your listing on Google, that you ga they gave you a chance and you fuck up that chance, um, that's worse for you than never having gotten a chance. Let's be clear on what over-delivering and fucking up that chance really means because fucking up the chance doesn't mean like you deleted their recording. That doesn't mean that. Fucking up the chance means that the value you gave somebody is exactly worth their dollar amount. And over-delivering means you've given them more than their dollar amount. Now, why this is kind of important is because let's say you go to a restaurant and you bought $5 worth of seaweed and they just gave you $5 of seaweed and that's it, then congrats, you got your seaweed. You could have gotten that same value anywhere else you've gone, but the over-delivering builds kind of trust and kind of love for the service, right? If, for instance, like um, if you were to go to, let's say, a skate park and the skate park's like, great, you can just skate around that's it but they didn't actually say like hey we also got helmets we've got water we've got this that blah blah um they actually try to build a relationship with all the skaters and everything you say like, hey man it's been great seeing you what have you been doing like any new tricks what's going on like that just show of expression that show of wanting to connect with somebody is part of that over delivering you know it could be something as simple as just remembering their favorite candle and just putting it out on the table and saying hey I remember you liked this one. I brought it back for your next session. That's exactly right. Like you, we've done that so many times, having the same exact setup for that client. You, yep. You've set that up. Uh, literally, the client thing is an actual example that we've done since opening this studio. Yeah. Weird flex. We got a bidet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, the idea is even basic things, and I cannot emphasize the importance of this. Importance of this. You know, Lou and I we were laughing and we talked about how we've won over clients because oftentimes we win over clients. 
because uh, most of our clients are not new to the game. Yeah. So they've likely had experience with other people. Yeah. How do you win over people that have worked with other people? Like they're probably like loyal to, just like their people are loyal to their barber. They're loyal to their engineer. How do we win over someone that's already has loyalty to someone else or has a history of being loyal to someone else? It's so, because by over delivering. Yeah. And go ahead. So I was going to say there is also the concept of comfortability. Some people get comfortable with the idea that they have business, so they relax on some of this over delivering, and they deliver exact value. Um, because of this, I did actually recently went over a client that told me, you know, I usually go to so and so for mixing, but like it seems like I just send him a mix, he sends it back, and that's the end of our communication. Like I really like that you're excited about this. I like that you're sending me notes and like what you think could have been better. Um, I just really appreciate that. Like that's something I had in the past, but it seems like they just don't offer that anymore yeah so even small basic things like communicating with the artist every day so for example yeah. if you're well if it's mixing this is more important especially if it's online yeah but if you're local and you owe someone files like being sure like hey i'm gonna have your files bounced by tuesday yeah. And I'm planning to do it this day, being really open and honest with it. Thank you for coming in. Even just checking in with artists, like uh, communication is a big, big deal. Mm -hmm. Being excited about their projects and, and not being tired, <laughs> even yeah. if you are, like uh, just being excited about the projects when you're there, offering small amenities because yep. you're a local thing. Now, there's other ways that you can um, over deliver over the digital space, but like, for example, like communication that we were talking about and timelines, deadlines. Yeah. Um, but if you're in the local setting, it's just being very kind, being smiley, being very excited to be there, even if it is a total shit client or a total shit. Well, you shouldn't. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you don't want don't to reinvite shit client. Don't maybe not reinvite <laughs> shit clients. You know, but uh, unless uh, it's slow season. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, yeah. Like also, it's it kind of goes back to the whole idea. Like um, depending on the clientele that you have and the way they treat your space and talk to the people around you. Let's say that you have more than one room, and they notice that you have a bad client who just seems to trash the place all the time. That's also the expectation you're setting for other people that come visit the space during those sessions. Yeah. Let's say that you're doing walkthroughs and you have a client that just always has the speakers blaring at full blast, that may not be what the next person is looking for. You know, so you also have to like look at the spaces like, okay, I would like more isolation between rooms. I would like this and that because you're trying to build the client experience because the better their experience when they're there, even if it's for a small visit, just makes it that much better. For instance, we have two coffee machines, drip coffee and espresso. Um, we also have a water kettle that is automated or not automated electric. Uh, so you can make some tea if you'd like to. We have a microwave, we have forks, spoons, knives, plates, cups. Uh, we have a sink, we have a shower, uh, we have a bidet. Uh, we try to make sure that all the amenities are there. We have Hulu, Netflix and Amazon signed in on the lobby TV. The lobby TV is nice and HD, 4K, whatever. Um, we have a nice comfy couch. We have all of our cable accessories and things that we need right there in the lobby so we don't have to walk into the next room and interrupt anybody's session when anybody needs anything. We have our mic locker outside of the studio so that if Studio B needs something, I don't have to walk into Studio A for it. Um, These are we all try small to things. Yeah, they're all tiny we things. We have decoration in the hallway, posters that make oh, yeah. it look like We have skateboards pleasing. in the lobby. I, yeah. yeah, dude, there's, it's a really, that's another thing too, like this is where we talk about like going to the Ikea. The lighting. Going to Ikea will make no. you more money than buying exactly. more gear. So the point is here, um, another thing here is we don't want people to miss misinterpret what we're saying by saying more over delivering means having more gear for That's, example we haven't spoke about gear at yeah, all yeah not at all it's it's more about off over delivering 90% of it no well, let's bring it down to like 70 80% of it and maybe even more is just personally like who you are as a person. If you're a liar, if you're a fake, if you're uh, yeah. dirty, rotten, if you don't even, if you don't dirty, shower, if you don't shower every day, like that's going to affect oh, your clientele. I had, I had a client that I never invited back Imagine because of Imagine not brushing that. your teeth. Dude. Uh, even as a service provider, that's still effective. If you're an artist, take a shower before you go to the studio, please. Like, Or not, not before you go it. to the studio, like just in general, just be, just have hygiene. I'm just you know, saying, be if you're not going to shower with. outside of the studio, I mean, at least shower before the studio. <laughs> At least once a day. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, the point is, the point is, um, these are all things that make it make an impact on. You want to have a good impression. That's yeah. all it is, and you want to make sure that the artist is comfortable and wants to come back. That's what it comes down to, because a lot of times, um, like. I think in the last two and a half years, actually, I think it's officially been two and a half. No, because. Uh, no, it's been over two and a half years since we opened in the mix specifically. And in that timeline, I've maybe had 
less than 10 people ever say that I booked the studio because you guys have really nice gear. You know, there is a lot of people who would mention, oh, I love the tube tech. Oh, I really like this. I really like that. Okay, great. They like the gear, but that wasn't the deciding factor. They're like, uh, we recently booked um, a big artist and the management's like, oh yeah, I want the room with the gear. Okay, cool. But that's management. They don't know anything about it. They are not engineers. They're not artists. They're just like, look, the one that has all the stuff they could possibly need. Yeah, and very few management companies exist outside of the music city, so that's exactly. usually not an issue. Um, so and th- so that's the thing. Number four, over-deliver. Super duper important. Um, this is where people lose clients. And it's it's the hidden killer because if people have a bad experience with you, or not even a bad experience. They're just not but, as satisfying as yeah, yeah, or like yeah. yeah, or like a relatively compare like they're like you said, comparatively lesser experience than the studio. You had good experience, like good experience in your studio, but there's a slightly better experience in another studio. You know what they're never gonna tell you is yeah, that fired. they're not coming to your studio yeah you're fired like they're never gonna tell you hey i'm not gonna come to you over again because you just didn't have water bottles put out you know how many times i had to fire somebody because the artist didn't want them around anymore and it's it's a very awkward situation but it's it's true it's usually not the artist that will tell you like if, if, if I go you to ever a, yeah. get told it's not the artist telling you and it's probably not even something of a big deal too like if i go yeah. to a new barber it might just be because that one time i was coming home from a different store and this other barber was closer, and and they just happened to be the same price, and I liked him better, and I start going to there them from now on. Like it, it might not even be on purpose, but the point is, it's the silent killer because nobody ever tells you that you're underperforming. You know, it's funny that you use the barber example because, like, uh, we have friends that will get their haircut with my mom, and they're like. They she went on vacation and they're like, dude, dude, when is she back? When is she back? I need a haircut. I need a haircut. I need a haircut. To the point where one of them got a haircut with somebody else. And I'm like, ooh. That's that's the barber equivalent of an engineer finding out their artist went to another engineer. It's a little heartbreaking because when my mom found out, she's like, I bet they fucked it up. More <laughs> importantly, more importantly, if if you offer such a mediocre experience, well, I'm not saying that your mother's experience is mediocre here. What I am saying is I'm, I'm trying to use an example of this. If you're yeah. a studio that gives good service but not great yeah. Then what happens is if you're only good and you do leave for vacation, then you may lose a few clients. If I pay but, exactly and get my dollar value exactly as it, then it's an adequate experience. It's good. But and, and if that also, you feel like you got more than what you paid for, I'm coming back. Yeah. And that might also be the reason why you're unable to charge more as well. So that that's a separate conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if you aren't providing a service that's so good that people will not leave, like you have the leverage. If you go on vacation, you still have leverage and you know that they'll be there when you come back. That's mm-hmm. a great business. It's yeah. a great business. Number five is what we talk about all the time and the importance of this. Um, I'm going to say it like this. Number five, if you're listening right now, and I don't even care if you're like some of our very close friends that we love so much. You don't like to show your face or be a public figure or be in the front. That's why we became an engineer in the first place. Yeah, but number I like five, to live in the dark. Number five specifically, I'm going to say, quit being a bitch and post your content. <laughs> quit being a bitch I'm, and, and post content. Here's the deal. Content is extremely low effort. And it's incredibly, could be about anything. You can be a fucking blogger and have a blog uh, blog section on your website. And that is yeah. great for SEO and discoverability on your website. Yeah, You know what's dumb? To to not spend the effort and the time to figure out what ways you can create content because I'm not a content creator. You know, the funny thing is I tell people all the time, like, I use the slow season as, like, my fuck around and find out season. Like, I'll try something new every year that uh, it either makes me money right away or it can make me money in the future. And something that I tried last year that has proven to make me money this year is YouTube content. Literally, I've been. I I don't have a lot of subscribers. I have under four hundred subscribers. So if you know, if you hear this, Master Bailu on YouTube. Uh, but uh, the funny thing is, I've found at least ten actual paid projects off of my YouTube channel, which means one in forty people. Uh, let's say that it was a subscriber uh, ended up booking me, which is really good numbers. One in forty people. That's better numbers than than uh, I guess how many people I've booked the studio compared to how many people I've searched us and all that kind of stuff. But um, that's something I was extremely uncomfortable with in the past, and now it's almost nothing to do it. Once you get out of your comfort zone, you wouldn't believe how many opportunities can actually come about. And word of mouth is the number one thing you're trying to get because that converts higher than anything else. Yeah. So uh, not only is social media or content of blogs even written blogs, right? Not only are they great for discoverability, but it also 
uh, provides a lot of a gateway for trust, building mm-hmm. trust. Um, it, it is front of mind. What is the phrase? Front of mind is first to hire. Yeah. Uh, it keeps people like, even if you're only doing a YouTube channel for 400 people, like Lou still makes money from that because the full, yeah. one of those 400 people are, they're probably local and they're probably your friends. And even if your friends that don't come to you all the time, they see that you post it. It's like, Oh yeah, I forgot that Lou exists. Oh, Aww. that's right. Lou does a great job. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been, I'm actually in the middle of a project anyway. So it's like the perfect timing for that person to remember Fuck who yeah. Lou is and be like, Oh, I'm just going to hire Lou. I love that guy. And on top of that, if you have content that's educational and you provide value, then a lot of times people feel like they owe you a favor back. Mm-hmm. And so they want to pay for your services just because they, you know, you've provided so much value and they feel like they owe you, which is actually a very interesting psychological aspect to it, but we won't get into that. Um, content creation, um, the reason why I say don't be a bitch specifically is because anybody is able to do it. Anybody, Everybody here is interesting and smart enough to do it. It's all just a matter of effort. And here's the thing. It's not even that much effort. So quit being a bitch and do it or else your business is going to die. And there's going to be businesses with people that are much younger than you, that are much more hungry than you, that are much more... much less educated and much less experienced than you are that are going to beat you out specifically. They're going to beat you specifically because they're posting content and they have the arrogance to pretend like they know what to do. And guess what? They actually might know what they're doing. And that's, this is how I, part of the reason why I've made a decent amount of living as well. I I always share this example. Even if the numbers are small, uh, I went live on Instagram once for I think like 15 minutes. I think six people showed up and were listening, maybe one or two at a time, engaged mm-hmm. in a conversation with a friend that I haven't talked to in a while. Mm-hmm. Because I was, I went on, I chose to go on Instagram live for 15 minutes and talk to six people. One of those people, uh, I made $1,200 in the next 60 days after that from that one client, because specifically because he remembered me. Nice. From that. And, I, and that was uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, nobody, that was for nobody. And it was a very small thing. It was very low effort, but just becoming front of mind helped me make money, um, make money in the short term. So make content. It doesn't matter. It's not about the followers. It's not about the subscribers. It's about being front of mind for people. And if you don't know what to make, to be honest, just make things that you believe. Like the video I made the other day was um, five things you can do to better uh, network at NAM. you know, because we were all going to NAM. That's stuff that I thought would be useful. And one of the things I put in that was dress properly, which is I'm not your mother, but you know how many people I see go in high heels that take them out. They go in their Doc Martin shoes that have like the hard sole, not the extra new cushion soles that they're starting to make now. And they like take off the Doc Martens. You're like, why did you even wear them if you knew you're going to be on your feet for eight hours walking constantly? Yeah, like, why did you decision. come with the world's wearing, heaviest backpack? <laughs> wearing my hokas was the best, best choice. for. Me. I anyway. almost went on Saturday with sandals. Oh, for real? There yeah. you go. <laughs> Hoka's versus sandals. Anyway, um, uh, that's super important. And again, um, I don't give a shit if you're offended by it. Quit being a bitch. Yeah. Because you are probably. If you aren't posting content, you are being one. And don't worry about the quality of the content. That's Do not usually, care at all. That's usually subpar anyway. The reason why quantity is more important than quality is because without quantity, you're, not un- you're unable to have the opportunity to learn how to make quality. Yeah. If you've never made a super nice video before, imagine trying to dive in and make your first video super nice. Are I'm you- not going to lie. I never Dude. thought I'd know the shortcuts to Final Cut Pro. Dude, I'm not going to lie to you. Like the shortcuts to find out. Dude, I'm getting it's fast great. at it. Yeah, there you go. Um, I'm serious. I'm serious. The reason why quantity, I'm going to say it again. The reason why quantity before is more important than quality is because most of the time, most of the time, quantity doesn't come without, quality doesn't come without previous history of quantity. So you have to make a lot of content to learn how to do it. And, it, and it's literally just a matter of effort. And then eventually over time, and there's no point of spending $10,000 on a camera if you aren't making $10,000 a year from your yep. content. So the reason why these content creators, and also psychologically speaking, all of these content creators uh, and followers, they want to see the content. They're okay with content creators getting better. Like it's exciting to watch someone that you've yeah. been watching for five years, like be like, oh my gosh, like, five oh my years God, ago. That he camera was, got better. Yeah. Oh, it's starting to get better. Like they want to see you improve. Like it's one yeah. of the things. So um, don't be an idiot. Don't be a dumbass. Don't be... 
Did you ever hear about the study that a teacher did on his own classroom about what uh, what helps people do more, more studying or more action? Um, and it was a photography class, funny enough, where uh, the teacher said, okay, the class is going to be divided into two down the middle. The left side is going to be tasked to deliver 100 photos that they think are great. And the right side of the class has to deliver one perfect photo. One perfect photo. Just oh, yeah, I remember one. this. I remember this. Yeah, and... Uh, the overwhelming majority of the left side that had to turn in a hundred photos ended up getting closer to what a perfect photo was than the right side ever did because the right side never actually had to find their errors or anything or learn how to work around them. They just had to deliver one while the other side was more uh, worried about, Oh, okay, well I had to deliver a hundred good ones. But in that they found out that there was quite a few that could have qualified as perfect photos within those hundreds. And that, and that's interesting because something so subjective as art or even content and especially music, it's, it's the reason why record labels are paying so many artists, produce songwriters and, and risking so much of their, their budget, on creating songs that will definitely flop is mm-hmm. because there is no there is no uh, guaranteed formula to make a hit record. Yep. There is no guaranteed formula to make a perfect photo. We yep. don't even know what it is until you see it. Yeah, you know, we don't. What is a perfect photo? I don't know, but what this is, is probably song? close to it. How did you get that? I just took a hundred photos. I yeah. just took a thousand photos, and this was the. It's it's. You ever listen to an old mix and you're like, actually, I was. That wasn't a bad mix. Like, not, why, yeah. why do I feel like I didn't like it? You're not going to concentrate. You're not going to find lightning in a bottle, right? Yeah, yeah. By by concentrating on in, in imagining what the lightning looks like in the bottle. You're going to go yeah. out there and try, and try to capture. <laughs> you know, you're going to kind of try to catch it, get burnt a bunch of times. So that's yeah. that's the way that it's going to work. One of your songs might be a hit. And this is the thing with art is that, and with content, just keep throwing it out there. Keep throwing the spaghetti on the wall and something's going to hit someday. Hopefully it will. And that's the entire point. So don't worry about it. Okay, asterisk, bonus number six. We said five, but number six. And it's, it's less of a point, but more about the importance of and how everything affects this as well is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, why is word of mouth so important and why, and then we can even talk about uh, why content creates word of mouth. Word of mouth is so important. So uh, let's say I, I have a mixing service and Lou it doesn't know me in this scenario, right? And Lou is looking for a mixer. Mm-hmm. Lou's friend, Machi, Machi and Nautic, Nautic from the Home Studio Heroes podcast, yeah. who is uh, part of the Mixing Music Podcast. If you haven't checked their hmm. episodes out on Home Wednesdays. Home Studio Heroes from the Mixing Music Podcast. There you go. Uh, Nautic says, hey, I've worked with DK in the past. He does a fantastic job. Lou doesn't know me. Lou mm-hmm. doesn't trust me. But Nautic Fuck trusts me. But, not- but Lou trusts Nautic. And Nautic said DK is good. And not only does Lou trust Nautic, but Lou also has this understanding that if DK isn't good, that makes Nautic look bad. So he really is going to only, you know, there's a level of, a high level of trust. So Lou is significantly more likely to not only hire me, but be willing to pay more money to hire me. This happened last week to me. I was asking around. I've been having IT band issues with my knee and my leg from overtraining and running. I've been looking for a massage therapist. I was going to go to the local $40 Thai place, but I was like, okay, maybe I should get like a sports specialist. Mm -hmm. And I eventually ended up finding someplace local. Uh, Oh, actually, this is a fantastic example because it went, it went awry. Um, So I, I was asking my friends who run marathons and ultra marathons. I was like, do you have IT band issues? The ones that said, yes, I asked, what do you recommend? A couple of them recommended, uh, one of them specifically recommended um, a massage therapist who also runs ultra marathons. So hundred mile plus kind of Mm. thing situations. And he's like, she is the best. She's going to work on your leg. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's like, as long as you have the budget for her. And I'm like, oh, I was planning to spend like 50 bucks for an hour long massage or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, and that was my preemptive budget because I don't know anything about massages. Yeah. And he's like, well, if you have about $150 per hour, she's going to kill it for you. And here's the thing, because it was recommended by him, mm-hmm. I was willing to pay $150. Yep. And that's my, my budget three X because yep. of a recommendation. And on top of that, on top of that, <laughs> this is where, this is why this, this story is so great. She, I DM'd her on Instagram. Um, and he, he DM'd her as well. And I also DM'd her on Instagram. She didn't respond for five days. And during mm-hmm. that five days, I found a local sports medicine massage therapy thing that does it for 70 bucks. And I had yeah. already done, I had already gotten a massage by them by the time she responded. 
Yeah. So she lost business. Yeah. So I was willing to pay the hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, and she might have become like I might have become a forever client for her. Yeah, but she lost it because she didn't respond. Yeah. So um, communication. There you go. There yep. you go. So <laughs> there's a lot of things Back to take to out of that the story. Over delivering. But I mean, that word of mouth is so important. Yeah. Right. Think about how we look at it, even as a studio. Um, DK, let's be honest here. Do you like a ten seventy three on vocals? Uh, most of the time, no. Okay. Um, why do you think the wide majority of the music industry is interested in a 1073 and calling it the Holy Grail? Because everybody else has it and uses it. <laughs> exactly. Do you know the history of the U87 and why it's so popular? Oh, yeah. It was the affordable mic. It was. It was the poor man 67. It was basically the solid state version of a tube microphone. Um, and the funny thing is it was so cheap. Studios didn't care if people destroyed them or not. So when it got on a bunch of records and everybody's like, that's the mic I used. What do you think happened with word of mouth and the value of that microphone? How much has it? Is it? Has it? No, it's almost it's, tripled in price. Tripled in price. That's crazy. Yeah, it's almost tripled in price since its release. Yeah, and remember um, what's during the pandemic? Close to, it's getting close to quadrupling. You remember what, during the pandemic when the Sony C800G was selling for like- Five grand used or before that, that, Before, yeah. And now yeah. it was like uh, during the pandemic, it went up to like almost $30,000. It did. There's I like checking eBay sold listings whenever I'm looking at something. And uh, yeah, eBay sold listing. The most expensive one sold for 32000 that's insane. For a used one. That's insane. Oh, Think because it. it's broken in. Oh, I'm teasing. But the point is, word <laughs> of mouth it's is, important. is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Why do you think, um, it, let's say that you didn't know about Manny American's um, history and all that, right? Why do you think uh, he was able to find so much work before? He was probably somebody else's assistant, probably coming up as an engineer. And the word of mouth that he got got him these bigger opportunities. Now that he has all these major credits, his word of mouth is his history, right? His consistency. And anytime somebody is looking up the people that I work with, uh, let's say Christina Aguilera, they might see Manny American's name. And they're like, well, fuck, man. If she works with him, I've got to work with him. Yeah. That word of mouth isn't always directly communicated. Sometimes it's by association. That's right. Yeah. So literally trying to do as much work as you can sometimes is also that word of mouth that you're looking for because you might you don't know what the next local group will do numbers wise. Yeah, that's exactly right. And now I want to talk about ways that you can accelerate this. And this is actually probably going to be the most valuable and one of the most practical things that I want you to think about. But before we get into the practical thing, um, I want to talk about our sponsors, the exclusive episodes of the Mixy Music Podcast. Mm -hmm. Now, the podcast comes out every Tuesday, and me and Brayden together, we do we do exclusive content. And what we do is we take audio clips from other Grammy-winning professionals or uh, influencers, and we take audio clips from their interviews, and then we break down what it means to turn it into practical tips for you to take home. Uh, last, we've talked about dithering. We've talked about the different types of compression and what they're typically used for. We talked about soft clipping versus hard clipping. We've yep. talked about how to get punchiness, things of these natures, things. And we usually give like an assignment for you to try. Um, exclusive content is always super technical. They're always short and succinct to, to the point, And they come out every Wednesday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want access to those exclusive episodes... All you have to do is go to mixingmusicpodcast.com slash exclusive. And that will give you an, an special RSS feed to get access to those exclusive episodes. Now, the cost for that is $4 a month or $40 a year. For less than a cup of coffee once once a month, you yep. can get access to genuinely, I think these 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 content that I do with Brayden is 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 so so great it's fantastic and i i do think that everyone that's has been listening we don't lose exclusive subscribers because it's just so valuable it's so fantastic um so once more time that's four dollars a month or forty dollars a year go to the exclusive get those exclusive episodes at mixedmusicpodcast.com slash exclusive now the last thing i want to talk about lou getting back into it is i want to this is what i do with when i was doing like business coaching with students a little bit mm -hmm. Um, this is what I would do. So I actually did this specifically with a few people and I, and I want to do it specifically with you, the listener, if you're doing this right now. Now in the beginning stages, if you can make the same amount of money working with a hundred people for $50 mm -hmm. or 50 people for a hundred dollars, that's the same amount of money. 
-hmm. In the beginning stages, we, me and Lou will always recommend working with 100 people for $50 yep. instead of 50 people for $100 in the beginning stages. The reason why we say that is because now you have twice the opportunity to win people over and you have mm -hmm. twice the amount of missionaries in the field preaching your gospel. I'm talking yep. about twice the amount of people that have had a good experience. Now, it's really dumb to offer that if you aren't also motivated and committed to over-delivering and giving them that $100 service for $50. Yeah. If you can't offer a $100 service for $50, stick with your 50 clients. Stick with your 50 clients because it's yeah. just going to help you lose clients. But if you want, in the, especially in the beginning phases, when you have less boundaries, you're, you're hungry, and you don't have a lot of people um, spreading your word of mouth, do the $100 or $50 for 100 clients over, mm -hmm. over for the beginning stages. Now, um, as well as this, it, free work is super duper important as well as to get into the door, but there's no point of doing super low cost or free work if you aren't going to fucking blow their minds. Yep. Blow their minds. This is so, so important. Um, so one of the things that we always recommend and you think about is if you have, if you have a full-time job, you work 40 hours a week, mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to, I'm going to do this with you, Lou. Like if, if we're, if we're coaching you, you have 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for a fact that you have, if you're single, you're single, well, you're not single, but you're single in this scenario, you're probably single and you, you, you're not going to school at the moment, but you have a full-time job. Yeah. That means you probably have at least another 40 hours a week that you probably are doing like, you know, video games, video games TV, and whatever. Let's say you want to sustain your social life. So you're, you're going to budget out of that second 40 hours. I'm going to budget 20. 20 of that for like going to the bar, going, hanging yeah. out with friends, playing video games, whatever. You now have 15 to 20 hours that you're free to build a business. During that 15 to 20 hours, if you are filling up zero of those hours on average from week to week or less than five of those 15 to 20, let's just keep it 20. If you are filling up less than five, so less than 25% of your available time budget on clients, you should probably offer free to very low cost work. Yeah. You probably should. Now, people, I, I know some people that are complaining. It's like, oh, people aren't willing to pay as much anymore. People aren't willing to pay for my services anymore. It's like, shut up. You, you aren't even filling up your time. Yeah. You aren't even, you have so much time budget and you're wasting it away complaining. Yep. It's, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me. So what you should be doing is you should be doing everything that you can to to figure out your time budget and fill up week to week 80 to 80% to 100% of that allotted time budget that's when you start charging or that's when you start charging more yep it's like going out and ask your friends i'm willing to do this for free i'm willing to do this for free and then all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh i'm spending 10 to 15 to 20 hours per week just mm -hmm. doing free projects it's like okay now i'm going to slowly be like okay i'm going to start charging even if it's $5 an hour you mm -hmm. got to charge staging your budget and this is a great way to reference when you should start charging more as well even if you're already are charging okay i've been charging 50 dollars an hour but i'm like booked out i don't i can't do this yeah. so now i'm going to start charging 60 and i might lose a few clients and i'm also willing to grandfather a few clients like yeah. some clients i really like so i want to keep them i'll leave you at the 50 dollars price range but the rest if i don't like you that much i mean i like you know whatever yeah or if i don't know you very well right um this is super duper important. So I want you to budget your time. And if you're considering doing free work, budget your time, see how much time you have available and be realistic. If you're spending way too much time on Netflix, on video games, which is great. I think you should do it. You should play video games. You should play Mario Kart. Um, if you want your ass whooped, you can play Mario Kart with me, you know, and, <laughs> but the, you should, I'm not going to say, I'm not your dad and say that it's all a waste of time that you should never play video games again. What I'm saying, it's important to take care of yourself, but it's also important to be realistic with the amount of time that you're putting in your business. Oh yeah. So, uh, Lou, you you do music full time right yeah. now. You're probably your time budget is close. You're trying to keep it within the 40 hour time range, but you have the budget for about what 60. 60 to 60 to 80 hours. Yeah. Right. And, um, for me, that's like the most I'll ever go is like 50. Yeah. 50, 60, especially recently. Um, and uh, so anyway, that's something to think about. And if you aren't doing anything else, if you're living rent-free at home. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you doing that? You've got free? 60 hours. <laughs> 60 hours. And if I hear anybody with 60 hours of budgeted time available and they're complaining about doing free work. I'm sorry. I can't approve that. Mm. I'm Know that DK is judging you. Judging you harshly. Like yeah. that Catholic mom that goes to your church and looks at you and says, I haven't seen you for the since last Easter. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm judging you. 
<laughs> I'm judging you harshly. <laughs> like the crazy church lady. <laughs> That's a pretty strong judge. No, but real Obviously. talk, like, honestly speaking, if you're not offering to actually reach out to people, then what are you doing? You know, uh, you're not going to build any word of mouth just trying to price yourself above where you currently are. Um, for instance, you think Tizio was charging $1,500 cash uh, to do an indie mix the whole time? No. He got his word up because he was working with Chris Brown. Before he was working with Chris Brown, he was working with other artists. The dude's been in the game for years. It, this didn't happen overnight. You can't just pop up and suddenly be the guy everybody wants to work with. You, you have you have nobody to talk about. Let's be honest. Like, And nobody's talking about you. So what do you do? You build rapport you build trust you build your community and outside of that good luck yeah i i know i would say and i don't mean to be pessimistic here but i would say over 50 percent of people i went to school with that are college age that barely that don't have a portfolio or barely have a portfolio and most of it kind of sucks um there's a there's a lot of complaining happening from 50 to 60 percent of those students yeah and it's it's the less than half of those students that don't complain that shut the fuck up and get to work that do well that I've yep. seen over the years. The people that are complaining that yeah they're they're not doing music anymore. So it's not about it's not it's literally not it's not even about um, not having a portfolio. It's not about not having the work. It's about where is your mindset? If you're entitled and arrogant and have hubris um, before you even have a portfolio, then you're fucked. You're done. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. And, and more importantly, nobody's going to help you either. Like, you imagine reaching out to me. Be like, DK, put me in the game, coach. Uh, I've, I've, I have this much experience, and I think I'm the best. It's like, dude, come on. <laughs> like, yeah. put in the work, dog. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's uh, getting the football star that's never played a game in his life. There you go. So uh, uh, be realistic. Don't be don't, a douche. Don't, yeah. Don't... Uh, don't let your cognitive cognitive bias stop you from doing what you deserve, which oftentimes starts with free work. Letting yeah. people give you a chance. You're not some high and mighty god that people just because you decided out of sheer will to become an audio engineer, you know that doesn't make you Thor. All right. Yeah, and so, this goes into any industry. Like I told, uh, actually, I think I mentioned this in the podcast recently. I got into like back into like uh, collectible cards and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that I offered a local shop was like, hey, I just want to learn more about it so I have a better understanding of what I'm doing. Um, if you guys ever need help, I'm happy to like just work like an intern. You know, you don't have to pay me. I just want as long as you guys are willing to show me how it works and everything. Then and I'm willing to work. And two shops actually took me up on that offer. I went in for like a few hours, a couple different times. Um, oh, the owners fun. were super cool. Yeah. And they just really showed me like, this is how we honestly make our money. And like, there's not a lot of profit margin in shops, but there is profit margin like long haul. But I wouldn't understand that until the long haul eventually happened in my timeline. Once again, if you want to build faster, another way of uh, building word of mouth is an internship. You know, if you're looking to intern to a studio, if you don't have experience and you're looking to work with much more successful people right away, then interning is not a bad bet because at the very least, one of those word of mouths is a studio owner or another engineer or another producer that you might have met and worked with along the way. But outside of that, you you should be filling up your time with free work because what is an internship? It's free work, there except you you've gained accessibility. There's a trade. Yeah. And sometimes your work will turn into trust. Yeah. Work can convert into trust. Yeah. Um, some other things that we won't even get into this episode, but there's a lot of other things, things like offering deals and discounts and packages. Offering packages is actually better than per, uh, providing deals. I don't like providing discounts. I think that's silly. It doesn't work very well. Um, but if you should experiment. Don't, don't, don't not do something because I said it, it didn't work for me. You should figure out if it works for you. Burn your hand on the stove or, or actually get it to work. Um, focus on specialization is really important as well. So if you're tracking and mixing, um, and you want to move to mixing, you should stop offering tracking that uh, we've done a couple episodes about that. Um, you shouldn't even offer it. Uh, and, and that's another thing as well. So, um, and, uh, doing referral incentives, like giving people some, some, uh, cash for, uh, referring you. That also is very minimal. It doesn't work that great depending on for like a local studio, but these are all ideas. Just ask chat GPT. What are some ideas to get the word out there for my studio? And I'm sure chat GPT will give you some, some basic, basic, um, 
advice for you that works well. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's another thing. So on that note, I think this is a great place to end. We really, really hope. We wish you the best success in your business. We want you to succeed. We want to see you grow. Um, we, we hope that our mistakes will prevent you from making mistakes. And we hope that our experiences will help make you money, help you go full-time in the music industry if that's what you desire, or be able to sustain a hobby that's pretty freaking cool. Because in the music industry, if we don't have monopoly on cool, what do we have? <laughs> what do we have potatoes yeah what we have is less money than the movie industry alright <laughs> so uh, on that note happy mixing my friends and stay saucy when you visit Arizona Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.